Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we've got Season 5, Episode 30, Hello Life, Goodbye Beverly Hills. Mary, what happened this week? Dylan plans a trip around the world for him and Kelly, because they belong together, because they're soulmates. But Brandon wants Kelly to get good at rollerblading with him and also marry him because he can't afford a big trip but would sure love to journey through life together. What will she do? (laughs) Jim tries to resign from his job, but they're like, no, stop that. We're promoting you. Here's more than twice your salary to go do whatever it is you do in Hong Kong. Ray is all grumpy because David and Claire don't like him because he cheated on Donna with Val. Val is like, hmm, sounds like a you problem. She's busy trying to turn Brandon against Kelly. Andrea and Jesse pack for Yale, but Andrea isn't allowed to leave before she finishes Steve's one paper for three classes. But more importantly, everyone has to say goodbye. The gang gather at West Bev to wish Andrea and Jesse the best in Connecticut, except Brandon and Dylan because of their dumb fight over Kelly. But it's fine because we get Mrs. Teasley. Oh, and Gil's there too. Claire tells Donna two things. One, she loves dating tortured men who need her, and two, she can do way better than Ray. Speaking of Ray, he makes like a two-second appearance at Andrea's going-away party before telling Donna he's ready to leave. Except Donna has plans after this, too. Ray is a butthole about it, again, and Donna tells him not to call her anymore. Finally, she opens up to Kelly about how Ray hurts her feelings, like every single time they hang out. Kelly tells her not to lose her identity in her relationship. Kelly seems to take her own words to heart because at Andrea's final send-off, and after 200 mouth kisses, Kelly tells Brandon and Dylan she chooses neither of them in favor of herself. The iconic, I choose me moment. Mm-hmm. This makes me wonder if Shonda Rhimes um, watched Beverly Hills and was a fan and that inspired her to write the iconic Meredith Grey, pick me, choose me, love me line in her script. I doubt it, but hey, you never know. I doubt it, but I would also love to know what Shonda Rhimes thinks about the whitest show on television. (laughs) Oh my God. Seriously though. So we open the episode at a travel agency because Dylan has planned an around the world in 80 days type trip. A first class five star 80-day trip. So much money. Like, Dylan does not have that much money. Right. He had to get give half to Jonesy. <laughs> like, and he's not in college. What is his... I, I can't talk about finances. I don't know. <laughs> this just seems excessive, and Jim should be stopping this. Totally, yeah. Because, right? Didn't he become his business manager again? Or what? Not business manager, but his money manager or something? Yeah, he did. I guess Jim is busy. What's going to (laughs) happen? Sorry, I am like in five different directions. Well, What is going to happen when Jim goes to Hong Kong to Dylan's money? Because long distance phone calls are very expensive. I feel like in good conscience, Jim cannot accept those charges. Has email become a thing yet? If you're Kevin, because he does online banking. Well, he did. That's With not right. his money. That's right. I, I kind of really hope they do snail mail. Like Dylan has to write a letter. <laughs> Hi, Jim. How are you? I am fine. 
Hope you're enjoying Hong Kong. Can I have $1,000? Bye. <laughs> I need it tomorrow. Three weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dylan. <laughs> but, yeah, Dylan is going on this long trip. And not only is it five stars, first class, around the world in 80 days, this woman is, like, talking about how he's going to Italy He's talking about how he's going to have a traveling companion, but they only need one room and one bed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this was supposed to be a shock to anyone that he says, Kelly. Well, I don't think so much as it was a shock, but it is a big reveal, especially because we don't know how much time has passed technically between, you know, last episode and this episode. So... Are they canoodling? Are they just hanging out? Did, you know, like, we just don't know what's going on. So maybe it's just the fact that, like, oh, my God, he's going to ask Kelly. Or did she already say yes? Is this already planned? <laughs> That's a good point. I just kind of went into this. I was like, I mean, of course he's asking Kelly. Why wouldn't right. he ask Kelly? The he wasn't my... going to ask Val. Right. That's what I thought is they were like, is it Kelly? Is it Valerie? Like, no, it's not Val. Mm-hmm. We all know it's never going to be Val. Right. But at the Walsh house, Jim is on a serious late night phone call and he is sighing. And he is angry. And when Brandon tries to come downstairs and mess with him, Jim just straight up stiff arms him. <laughs> Goes Heisman on him and says, no, I'm on the phone. You will not mess with me, kid. I love that, yeah, Brandon goes into the kitchen and is like, oh, my God, what's going on with dad? And Cindy's like, well, you know, Jim threatened to quit. And Brandon's like, yeah, I know exactly what Jim's going through. Chancellor Arnold didn't meet me today. Right? Like, and he literally owns up to the fact that people used to call him the chancellor's lackey. And now he can't even, like, get him on the phone or something. It's like, yeah, Brandon, not the same thing. Not the same thing. One meeting with the chancellor versus Jim's job. Yeah, his livelihood. I love that Cindy, like, actually tries to cover him. She's like, yeah, I I understand. That really yeah. sucks uh, for you. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, your father's coming. You better sit down. We are sitting down, Jim. I better sit down. <laughs> and apparently Bender, on the phone, like Mary said, has offered him a substantial promotion. A two and a half times raise. But he has to move to Hong Kong. And the music sting kind of hurt me a little bit. Yeah, for sure. It, I it think, too, much. what was interesting about, like, I was thinking about it, and it's like, how many times has Jem gotten a promotion at this job? Like, is he almost CFO? Yeah, that's it. Because he's gotten at least the one that moved them to L.A. Mm -hmm. There was the one that would have moved them back to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But did he – he turned that one down so they could stay in L.A., right? They did, but then they told him that that was okay, that he could keep the job. He could have it whatever. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and so now this one that will move him to Hong Kong, that is three promotions in five years. So he must be on, like, fast track to, like, leadership. All right. Not that we know what he does. I think at some point in this episode, Brandon calls him an accountant, and I'm like, but is he – is he Brandon? Is he? Does he count beans? Or does he do something different? He manages beans. He doesn't <laughs> count beans. Right. He's got people for that. Although I guess that would explain how he let Dylan get scammed. 
if he's an accountant pretending to be a money manager. True. Good point. But we skip ahead to the next day. We get all of our B-roll. It's a nice beach roll. And we see Kelly rollerblading, which is easily the cutest thing that I've seen Kelly do in a while. <laughs> She's so happy to be doing it. She's just like clearly having a good time. And I think it's really funny, though, when they change the shot from like us seeing Kelly rollerblading to then almost like pretending like the camera is Kelly rollerblading because the camera person is going so fast, weaving through people like, get out of the way, (laughs) like (laughs) speeding through. And I'm like, there's no way that's Kelly. Absolutely not. Kelly was like, learning like she was very Mm -hmm. much in her like I'm gonna slowly figure this out like look how great I'm doing (laughs) yeah random stupid theory the zigzaggy camera angle was Brandon who is like two miles ahead of her because he left her behind while teaching her to rollerblade oh my gosh that would track that would track could you imagine if you go out rollerblading with your boyfriend and he ends up ahead of you so you make out with his best friend? <laughs> On the ground. On Ugh. the ground. It's yeah. fine. They're soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just don't understand. We're soulmates. Yeah. I mean, they end up on the ground making out, which I don't understand. Someone in these past couple episodes like accidentally ran into somebody else or like saw someone making out on the road and was like that I want that multiple (laughs) times (laughs) I I just don't understand how she's like so easily cheating like I guess you know the old adage is like once a cheater always a cheater kind of situation and like it's kind of like once you've done it one time it's a lot easier to do it a second time but like out in the open where God and everybody could watch them and just make it out. No big deal. I mean, yeah, we've talked about for how moral this show is, like cheating is nothing. Yeah. It's literally nothing. Like I swear to God, Claire and David could walk by and be like, isn't that Kelly making out with Dylan? Yeah. You want to go get a slushy? <laughs> yeah. I do. They're doing a really cool like video project or whatever for school and they just come across it in the in the background they film it they present it to everyone (laughs) everyone sees it and does nothing yeah that's how the gang finds out but turns out they don't actually care (laughs) no one cares I mean it would serve everyone right considering the last time that Kelly and Dylan were in a triangle cheating on a Walsh Right, right. Oh, poor Walsh's. Oh, my gosh. I know. Both of them. (laughs) I know. With the same two people. I know. (laughs) Like, at this point, the Walsh's just need to leave. They should have. Brandon should have been like, you need a plus one to Hong Kong. Yeah. Can I go to the University of Hong Kong? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure Chancellor would accept that call and be like, yeah, I'll get you in. Then you'll leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're going halfway around the world? Cool. Let me help you. (laughs) While they're on the ground, this is when Dylan presents the plane tickets. This is his big thing. We're going to go on this round the world trip. And I love Kelly's excuses of like, okay, well, I know in past lives we were together, but in this life I'm with Brandon. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, so you remember. You're dating someone else. 
Right. But like, she doesn't even say Brandon. Like, she says, I have school. I have a modeling contract. My family, my friends. And then Dylan says Brandon and not Kelly. And which that kind of makes sense. Like, you don't want to talk about your current boyfriend to your side piece. But like, she does also mention like last time they traveled together, they fought literally all the time. And they did. How has Dylan forgotten this? Because they're soulmates. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. No, I did write that down. I was like, y'all remember France, right? Like, mm-hmm. she left your ass in another country. Yeah. It's not going to go well. And so he presents this trip, too, as like an ultimatum, right? Like, it's not just a, hey, I'm going on this trip and I'd really like you to come with me. No, it is like, ditch Brandon, or I'm sorry, he calls him Uncle Minnesota. <laughs> Ditch Uncle Minnesota, and because you're my soulmate, come be my soulmate for 80 days around the world. So bold. Like, can't y'all just go get dinner first? Right? Like, work out these details first. How yeah. do soulmates work? How many past lives have we been together? Does what does Ke- it mean to you? Does Kelly need to go on these past regressions to make sure that Dylan is her soulmate? Like, Right. What if Kelly is his soulmate? But he's not hers. Like, I feel like that could be a thing, right? Like, nobody's just one for one. Right, right. No, that would totally make sense. But we don't get all that. We just get ultimatum, kiss, leaving. Which is great. That's just such a great way to start a relationship. (laughs) Break up because all you do is fight. Cheat with each other against your best friend. Give her an ultimatum. Oof. Match made in heaven. Yeah, things are not looking great for Deli. Oh, Deli. I don't like I don't want it back. I really don't. I don't either. I really don't either. Luckily, we don't have to watch whatever that is for too much longer because we go to Andrea and Jesse's apartment where they're packing so that they can move to Yale and she can't start like she can't pack. She's reminiscing every time they open something. <laughs> she's like, "Oh my god, look at this paper I wrote." <laughs> But that is so Andrea, though, to, like, somehow bring her entire life with her wherever she moves and then just keep accumulating crap over time. I mean, like, she probably still has her, like, third grade book report on Charlotte's Web. I don't know if that's what you read in third grade, but, like, you know what I mean? She probably still has, like, things that mean absolutely nothing, but she can't let it go. That tracks so well for her. Like, that that drawer is just full of Andrea's papers. Mm-hmm. Get a filing cabinet, ma'am. Okay, I would love if Andrea had a filing cabinet and like every single folder was like, here are my first grade papers, here are my second grade (laughs) papers, here are my third grade. And then like the bottom drawer is college because she just writes so much. Oh my God, including other people's. Yeah, because Steve shows up and apparently Andrea has agreed to write his paper for him, which does not feel on brand for her at all. No, like, I could see, like, because we have seen them do homework together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when they kissed that time and Sandria first became a thing. Um, But, yeah, I wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for her to do the entire paper, but it would make sense for her to help him, which she does offer to do. But then she just caves anyway and is like, yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because he has to go play softball. Right. Which... Bruh, you had to write one paper for three classes, which I don't understand how that works. Mm-hmm. 
But like this is the whole thing that keeps happening with Steve where we think he's going to be good and then he just sucks. Like I would not want to spend time with him. And I feel like Jesse would be like, bro, she's not writing your paper for you. Get over yourself. Yeah, he's a lawyer. You would think he would like make an argument as to why (laughs) she shouldn't or wouldn't or couldn't. They have to pack to leave. Right. Like he could literally just be like, she's in the middle of packing and you had plenty of time to do this yourself. Get out. That's true. And speaking of helping each other with homework, now we have to go to the beach apartment because Kelly is giving Val her psychology notes, which I kind of love since, was it at uh, midterms? She was like, you can absolutely not have my notes. Well, and remember, this is not necessarily growth on Kelly's part. It is because Kelly owed Val. Remember, she was like, I will cash in. I mean, it's a weird thing to cash in a favor on. But yeah, this to me is her paying her debt. I totally forgot that Val had something on her and I cannot, like, this can't be it. It's got to be because she says she owes her, but come on. I know, super lame and not something Val would waste it on, you know? Right, like, (laughs) I feel like, you know, she's sitting at Kelly's desk and she picks up the itinerary and, first of all, can't believe Kelly left that out knowing Val was coming over. Like, right, bad choice. But I would have honestly preferred Val be like, I'm calling in my favor. You need to hurt Dylan. Ooh. Right? Like, I'm ma- or, like, I'm calling in my favor. You have to go with Dylan and break up with Brandon. Like, wow. whichever one she's on. Right? Yeah. That would have been way, like, up her alley to do than just get notes from class. Right? Like, this is so boring. Val must have some sort of long con going, though. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I just I, can't I wouldn't put it past her. This can't be it. It yeah, just can't. I agree. So we kind of jump around a little bit because now we have to go to the peach pit. And Donna is studying and Ray is sitting next to her just being an asshole. Yeah. He's like – he's super snide. He's very impatient. He pronounces Andrea wrong and calls her Andrea. He complains about having to go to the going away party. And then he starts, like, gaslighting her by telling her that the only reason he's here is for her and basically says, like, you kept begging me, so I took a step backward in my career and I came back for you. And Mm -hmm. he's so forceful with her. He's, like, super mad that, you know, he feels like she's not spending any time with him, that he's – all he is is just, like, her boyfriend who has to go be with her friends and do whatever she wants and not – he can't go play his music when he wants to and blah, 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 blah. Also, like, she's in school. Mm -hmm. You're 26 dating a 20-year-old. So break up with her. Go be with somebody else who's not in school. This is the thing that gets me. And I I know – it's a whole thing with abusive relationships, but like, yeah, he is never satisfied with anything that she does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like any normal person would just be like, this isn't working out because you're not giving me what I'm looking for. It's over. Right. Right. But yeah, yeah. Instead, he's like gaslighting her and being so like, there's one point where he says he moved back to LA for her and she's like, you know, I'm happy you're here. And he's like, well, you never show it. 
Yeah. Like, she literally can't do anything right in his eyes. And it's such a childish response to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, even then, like, at toward the end of their conversation, he, like, they're talking about the party. He doesn't want to go anymore. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be around her friends, which we've known from the beginning that he doesn't like her friends. But then he does the whole, like, power move and control move and says, well, I could ask you to make a choice, but I won't. Like, oh, thank you, Ray. Thank you for not making me choose between my friends and you. Like, but like, Donna actually says that sincerely. I mean, probably not sincerely. She's probably saying it like as nice as she can to pacify him because she says like, oh, yeah, I understand you could and I appreciate that you don't. Right. And then he's like, but what if I did make you? Exactly. He's just terrible. And like. He's never been fantastic, but no. man. He's just really, ever since um, the Portland trip, he has just been getting worse and worse and worse, right? Like we're seeing, obviously in Portland is when we saw the first um, experience of him like being physical with Donna. Mm-hmm. And then all the verbal stuff has just been coming more and more and more. So it's been like emotional and verbal and then a tiny bit of physical. So he's kind of escalating pretty quickly. And now I can totally understand why Jamie Walters was like so upset about this character. Like they really have kind of ruined him. Right. And I feel like I did read somewhere that they would planned to redeem him and it just never happened. Mm. Which, you know, knowing how this show views some things, cheating. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would have found a way to just be like the writers and the actors, and the characters are just going to tell you that they've all forgiven him for what he did. Right. But I don't know how they expected viewers to. I mean, like technically he has been violent this whole time. And I think we just like kind of saw little bits of it when he was cheating on Donna with Val and like mm. flipped the entire breakfast. Oh no, he's an abuser. He is physical. It wasn't just like, fuck your ex Benedict. Right. <laughs> Ugh. And so back at the Walsh's house, Val and Brandon are talking about Cindy and Jim in Hong Kong and whether or not they'll go. And Valerie, sly, manipulative Valerie, just drops the Dylan news and is like, oh, Kelly didn't tell you. Right. Like, of course. Valerie, his reaction clearly says, no, she did not tell me. You know what you're doing. And she even does the whole, like, when I tell you this, it's not gossip. And I'm not telling you this to hurt you. Like, she's trying to placate the situation. She's trying to put Brandon's feelings at the forefront, right? Like, Mm -hmm. trying to basically say, like, I'm only telling you this because I care about you. You know, things like that. So essentially maloning Brandon and yeah, reveals about the trip. And then Brandon's just like, no, leave me alone. Like, I don't want to be around anybody. And I got to be honest, like, I know she said it's not gossip and she saw physical evidence, but I feel like knowing Valerie, I'd be like, did you Valerie? Right. Did you actually see these plane tickets? Like in current days, she'd be like, yes, here's a photo of them on my phone. Right. But at this point, he's really taking her at her word, which is not worth much at all. 
Right. And even for him, like, you know, they they are supposed to be having this sort of like brother sister type relationship or at least like longtime family friend relationship where there's no real tension. Um mm-hmm. So it makes sense from that standpoint for him to trust her a little bit more than somebody like Steve or David or something like that. But yeah, it does seem a little far-fetched for him to just like totally believe that Kelly's just going on a trip with Dylan when there's been no reason for him to think that she would do that. Yeah, but he truly 100% believes her. He asks her to leave Mm -hmm. and goes to Dylan's. Exactly. He goes to confront Dylan, not Kelly. Which, I mean, I guess that makes sense when you think about them. Well, and honestly, like, we've we've seen – I mean, we've talked about a lot how Kelly and Brandon are actually a good relationship. They have good chemistry. They, you know, kind of work together better than any other pairing for them. Um, but I actually think that going to confront Dylan first is the right call – for their relationship because Brandon probably wants to hear like what are the facts like like clearly this was Dylan's idea so let me go figure out where he was coming from why he even did this and then I'll confirm and and not talk to Kelly out of like irrational thought you know and just yell at her because he doesn't just yell at her he's never really just like yelled at her like he has with other people before so I think it kind of works even though, like, he probably should just go directly to Kelly, I just think for their relationship, it kind of works. Yeah. No, I do think it kind of works. And I got to say, like, when he goes to Dylan's house and Dylan is like, look, man, I don't know what to tell you. We're soulmates, so she's going with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense for Dylan at the moment to, like, have reacted like that and that kind of spurs on – Brandon's next reaction, mm-hmm. even though I hate Brandon's next reaction. Yes. Because the next morning, he shows up at the beach apartment with new rollerblades for Kelly, which first thought, I was like, oh, I actually forgot that Brandon's really good at rollerblading, and this is the cutest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> it is pretty cute. Like, it's a cute little date, and I wonder if, like, when she was first, like, learning learning if he did the thing where he skated backwards and like held her hands (laughs) I bet he did it would be cute it would be cute oh my god I would love it so much and he's just like doing little circles around her Mm -hmm. and like they're just being so cute (laughs) but he buys her these new rollerblades and he's like hey let's go test them out and they go outside and I don't remember like what made her like stick her hand in there but he was like be careful about spiders and her little throw oh my god that felt so uh real like her reaction like her jump back or whatever that that felt so real like either the timing was just perfect and when they blocked the scene they just nailed it or that was a throwaway that they just added in or something I don't know but that was perfect and it's so real like for my entire life, anytime we leave stuff out in the garage, if it's like gardening gloves or rollerblades or something, like I will not stick my hand in them first. Oh, wow. Interesting. There could be spiders in there. I mean, it's true. That's just interesting. I've never thought to do that. <laughs> oh, no, I hated it. Like I would go and help my dad in the yard and he'd be like, go get some gloves. And I'd be like, 
you go get some gloves. <laughs> you go get them for me and you. Turn them inside out. Just like stick your hand around in there a little bit. I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I hate leaving yeah. stuff in the garage. <laughs> yeah, he asked her like, you know, basically make sure that they fit right. And then, like, he's sticking his hand in the one, and he's like, um, oh, what does he say? I, I didn't write down exactly what he said, but he's like, sometimes they put, you know, stuff in it and whatever. And then she reaches in it, and it is a little black velvet box. And there's a ring in it, because Brandon's response to Dylan inviting Kelly on a trip is to propose. Which I don't agree with, but I do appreciate that Brandon was actually quite calm in addressing the situation, right? He literally mm -hmm. just says, it's no trip around the world, but I think we could take quite the trip together. He says it so calmly, that's revealing that he knows about the trip, and he's not really like, why would you do this? Why would you agree to this? Like, he's not accusing her at all. He's mm -hmm. literally just being like, I know what happened. I don't know all the details. I'm giving you an alternative, which I don't agree with, but I'm at least now letting you know where I stand. Maybe. I don't know. You know, it just, it was nice to not see him get so angry and rush to that, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things where I feel like his words and his actions didn't align for me. Yeah. Because he's being rational. He's just talking to her. He's like, well, Valerie told me and Dylan confirmed it. Why didn't you tell me that you were going on this trip or that you had mm -hmm. been invited on this trip? But like the, the version of like not giving her up by proposing to her and like that feels like trapping her. Oh yeah. Me. Like I want, I want to own you. I want to possess you. So I'm going to do this rather than let you like make these other decisions. Like the way Brandon was talking about it, I feel like it should have just been a conversation where he was like, look, I'm really serious about us. I could see us, mm -hmm. like, getting engaged in the future. Like, you know, this isn't a response to him asking you to go on this trip, but, like, I think we could move in together and, like, I think we could take this to the next level because I don't want to lose you. Yeah. I mean, this just goes to show you that these are still young kids. Adults. You know, like these are kids. Yeah, they're kids. They're trying to figure stuff out. And that doesn't always make them make the smartest or most mature decisions. And I think it's totally valid and totally um, plausible that a 20 year old boy sees his potential love of his life being not only whisked around the world by a person that she has loved before, but who also has the means to be able to do this. So, you know, he's always been a little bit threatened by Dylan's money. Uh, I mean, he sees this happening and he's just trying to do whatever he can to like make her not do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like you just said, the rational and mature thing to do would be to be like, look, I, I you know, I can't compete with that but I love you and I want to be with you and I, I hope that's enough kind of situation, you know, like he shouldn't, mm -hmm. he shouldn't need to turn it into a competition for Kelly because mm -hmm. that's not what this is about. The trip wasn't started as a competition, right? It started from a place where Dylan thought I'm a soulmate or Kelly's my soulmate. I want to go do this trip with her to prove to her, or I guess to explore 
our relationship again or something. That didn't need to be turned into a competition, but it kind of became one when Brandon now like essentially called and raised, right, in in poker terms or whatever. Wild. None of it makes any sense. My favorite part is Brandon saying that Kelly should move in with him to Casa Walsh. Mm-hmm. The house that his parents are vacating to move to Hong Kong and therefore <laughs> presumably selling. Right, right. It's just like, I guess that goes back to them being kids. They're 20. Like, mm-hmm. Brandon is sitting here being like, the house that I live in, rent free, move <laughs> into it with me. And Not Val. realizing. Yeah, and Val. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a roommate, but she's all right. <laughs> The throuble we never wanted. Oh, <laughs> I would take it though. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, like imagine a threes company style show. Oh my gosh. With the three of them. Two women and a Brandon. <laughs> I think I actually really would enjoy an enemies to lovers with Val and Kelly. Oh, wouldn't we all? <laughs> I mean, yeah, seriously. They've got the blueprint laid perfectly. Like they hate each other. <laughs> But yeah, so of course, yeah, like you said, Dylan, uh, Brandon is just kind of being a little immature, but like appropriately so, to think that Kelly can just move in with him to Casa Walsh. And he says the right things. It, it's exactly as you said, his actions don't line up with his words because he's he's even saying like, I don't want to pressure you, but I don't want you to go away with Dylan. Meanwhile, here's a the only way ring. I know that you're going to commit to me is by putting on this ring. Like... That doesn't that doesn't add up. It makes right. sense. It just doesn't add up. Right? No, like, the words that are coming out of his mouth are so rational. His, like, facial expressions, exactly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. The actual ring itself is just like, no, buddy, put it away. Yeah, and, like, it honestly kind of helped me confirm that I really am Team Brelly in this, like, if there's two main romances of this show, or at least the first half of this show, you know, it's Dylan and Kelly and Brandon and Kelly. And mm-hmm. if I had to choose, I absolutely feel like I would choose Brandon and Kelly just because I feel like even they mention like all they've been through together. They've been through Emily stuff, Finley stuff, the fire. That's just this past year. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're actually just, I don't know if it's just the writers also ship them and, they, you know, wanted them to be together and so they wanted to give them a semi-mature relationship or at least, you know, show a delineation from the high school relationships or Lulu or whatever. But I just, yeah, the scenes were everything I wanted, just minus, I don't need that ring. I don't need the proposal. Right. Or even like if he had said something along the lines of like, I've had this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how he would. He doesn't have the money to, like, support that argument. But, like, if there was something that he had, like, could prove that he had been thinking about that it was not so reactionary. Right. Right, right, right. Literally all I want. Yeah. That makes sense. Because, yeah, I I really love Brelly. <laughs> that night, gosh, we really are just, like, speeding through time, aren't we? I know. That's why I never know how much time has passed. Yeah, this is like a full 24 hours already. (laughs) But Val is working the door at the pee pad, and Ray comes up, and he wants to talk about David and Claire because they know about Val and Ray, and he's like, they're going to tell Donna. Like, I am so concerned 
that they're going to tell Donna and like totally blow up my spot. Mm -hmm. And Val, being her total Val self, is like, just claim your drunken mother made it all up. I don't have time for you. Yeah. Like, she is so manipulative (laughs) and so good with toying with people's emotions that she's like, yep, blame your drunk ass mom who hates me. Also, our relationship is and never like was anything other than just business. It's not personal. You are my employee. She literally calls him her employee. And I kind of honestly support that. <laughs> I just love so much that she's like, look, this was two boys ago. Like, I am right. done. Mm-hmm. I'm on Brandon now. Well, and we know how Val works. Like, she'll sleep with somebody or she'll manipulate somebody when she needs something from them or from somebody else. Mm-hmm. She's not just going to do it just to do it. Like, the only person that she's been comfortable having a, like, you can't really call it a relationship, but having a, I don't know what to call whatever she and Dylan is. But that's the only, like, kind of long-term thing she's had going on. It's like her expressing pseudo-vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, because truly, she doesn't need anything from Ray anymore. He is her employee. He wants to be at the club. She doesn't need him for sex. Yep. They're done. And, like, she literally walks away. She walks out of the scene. Mm Mm-hmm. And when she walks out of the scene, we go back over to the beach apartment because Kelly has Donna in her room, and she's like, here's this ring. No, I haven't said yes yet because here's this round-the-world trip that Dylan wants to take me on. And... I got to say, the whole thing, like, at the beginning of this scene, I was just like, Kelly has two men fighting over her with, like, engagements and round-the-world trips, and Donna's being emotionally abused. Oh, God. And I think Donna's getting closer and closer to realizing it. You know, it's like, obviously, like, we know Donna's not dumb. We think the writers think that she's dumb, but, like... She's slowly kind of putting it together, or at least she's letting the audience know that she's slowly putting it together, that he's abusive towards her. But clearly, she just has no idea what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I genuinely think she has feelings for him. You know, like, I, I genuinely yeah. think she loves him. So that always makes things murky. But yeah, like, to your point, Kelly's over here, like, I've got a diamond ring over here. And an all-expenses-paid trip around the world here. Like... What would you do, Donna? (laughs) Which, you know, to be fair, both of them are being pretty manipulative to her. Like, Dylan Mm -hmm. is not just wanting her to be with him. He is wanting her to be with him, and he's willing to take her around the world to prove it to her kind of a thing. Like, no, he's literally, like, dangling a carrot on a stick trying to get her Mm -hmm. away from Brandon. It's true. It's true. And Donna even says, like, you'd give up a guy like Brandon for a fling because obviously Donna's implying that all this trip would be is that 80 days. Like, Mm -hmm. not saying that they would suddenly become, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend or more than that or soulmates, like whatever you want to call it. It sounds like for Kelly, this would just be a trip. And Mm -hmm. Donna makes the point, like, Dylan didn't give you a ring. He's not trying to show you any kind of commitment. Um, meanwhile, Brandon, like clearly, obviously motivations put aside, we know Brandon loves her genuinely. 
and wants to be with her. He's mentioned um, a few episodes ago that he's thought about their future together. Mm -hmm. So to Donna's point, like she's just trying to say like, what's more stable, what's more, you know, committing like anyway. So Yeah. yeah, it just, it's a weird position for Kelly to be in and Donna being the moral compass that she usually is, is very good at just being like, look at it very simply. Yeah. And I think this is, it's at this moment that Dylan actually shows up Mm -hmm. and he's waiting outside and he's pushing Kelly to make a decision. And I'm pretty sure this is where we find out that the trip is like next week. Like it is within seven days. Mm Mm-hmm. Go back on the idea of like Dylan is also manipulating her. Is like he put a very solid deadline on this trip rather than being like, I'll book it when you're ready to go. Exactly. Yep. And I guess I missed at some point in this scene where Kelly actually puts the ring on Mm -hmm. because she goes outside to talk to Dylan and she's wearing it. And this is how Dylan finds out, like, what's that on your finger? Yeah. I didn't see her put it on either, but at some point she did. And it was a weird oh just everything about this is weird but mm-hmm. she tells Dylan that Brandon gave it to her but she hasn't said yes and then they just start to kiss yeah he's very literally like well did you say yes and when she doesn't say that she did he's like so I still have a chance and like goes to kiss her right it's like it just reminds me of what their relationship actually was and it was all physical no emotional right it was all Let's make out. Let's have sex. Let's get like party together. All this. Let's not have an actual conversation. Let's not talk things through. And not to compare, but like she and Brandon have both, you Mm -hmm. know? So. Yeah. Cause you know, they're making out outside and we like kind of go inside where Donna and Claire are totally creeping. (laughs) They're just seeing the whole thing. I know. And I love Donna like looking at it being like, yeah, I mean, everyone's had a crush on Dylan at some point, which is such a fact. So meta. Big facts. Right? And Claire says like, oh, well, you get off on melodrama. That makes sense that you like Dylan. Which, yeah, it does make sense. Right. And that does track for Donna. And of course, Claire's like 100% would choose Brandon. (laughs) I mean, yes, she's literally like. I'm pretty sure she's only with David because Brandon won't choose her. Exactly. Like, I think she likes David and I think she, like, she clearly has, like, an attraction to him and, like, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, Brandon is her, like, white whale. Like, if ever there was the pinnacle of boyfriend, it would be Brandon to her. (laughs) Which is also just such meta commentary. Yeah. 100%. But, like... I kind of love this little scene between the two of them where Claire is like, you can do so much better than Ray. And Tana's like, you are dating my ex. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't talk shit to me about the boys that I choose to date when you're dating one. You're dating, yeah, you're dating the boys I used to date. <laughs> I just, I love it. I mean... I hate it because Claire's right and Donna does deserve better. But I do love that Donna's just like, girl, you can't talk. I will point out something that like I'm just kind of realizing about this show is we all know it's not diverse. It is not 
inclusive by any means. It does tackle important issues, doesn't always do them well, but at least attempts. Um, But one thing I've noticed is I'm struggling to figure out who my favorite character is. I know who it isn't, but I also can't like, when I think about it, I'm like, well, probably Kelly, but why? Because then I think, well, Claire's awesome too, but then there's Donna but wait a minute, Val. And they're all so different. Like, I like them for totally different reasons. And it's funny, like, none of the boys are actually my favorite characters. I think Dylan probably is the boy that would be the closest to my favorite. But, yeah, I just, I kind of love that they've done actually a really great character study on all of these characters. And the actors have totally, like, found their groove into who they are, what they're about how they interact with others, things like that. Oh, absolutely. I think that's probably like the best uh, measure of a show is when you can't decide who you like the most. 100%. I will say I am totally on board with you with the girls and like that you don't really have a guy favorite because I had a guy favorite and I got burned. That's true. You've been burned many, many times by that Many, many times. But he's so dang cute. I know. I mean, I it has to be Dylan, right? Like, I think it has to be. I mean, I feel like Brandon could grow on me. I think I'm yeah. like, I think part of why I'm so against Brandon is the show wants him to be my favorite. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But like, think about how far we've come. Season one, we were like, God, Brandon's the worst. I hate him. <laughs> I mean, friends, we had viewers hitting us up all the time about, like, mad at us that we hated Brandon so much. And I totally get it. We were pretty harsh on him. But, like, now we're like, you know, he could be my favorite character at some point. <laughs> Chancellor's Lackey's a pretty cool dude. I'd vote <laughs> for him. Oh, man. Speaking of Brandon. I kind of love this scene where when he's just staring off into space. (laughs) Well, yes, they're at the house and Jim and Cindy come in and are like, where's Val? I want a family meeting. And Brandon just yells Val. (laughs) I love when he does that. This is not the first time he's done that. And I'm like, Brandon, Jim could have done that. Exactly. That's- all of we've all done that. Like I mean I I distinctly remember growing up and my mom asking me to go get my sister for dinner and I would stand in the kitchen next to my mother and yell for my sister. <laughs> yeah, Brandon's good at that though. Like he's good at those just weird random outburst moments. <laughs> well, and then Jim and Cindy are like, "Okay, we are going to go to Hong Kong. We want to make sure that you guys are comfortable like we don't want to totally leave you out in the cold. So what do you think? And Brandon just doesn't care. He's like, I proposed today. That's good <laughs> for you. Let's thing. talk about me. Exactly. Like, I don't care. I did something. <laughs> he asks if they're selling the house. And he goes, I wish you would have told me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brandon. I just never change, buddy. <laughs> right, like, I was dying because even like he says that and Jim goes, are you sure about getting married? And Brandon goes, are you sure about Hong Kong? <laughs> Brandon, what are you doing? He's so like a mixture of nonplussed, but also sassy at the same time. Somehow. 
so sassy in this entire scene. He's like, okay, that's nice about you, but let's talk about me. Mm-hmm. You wanted to make me comfortable? You should let me know before you decide to sell the house that I'm living exactly. in for free. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. And then we get one last scene from that night where we go back to the beach apartment. Kelly's messing with her ring while looking at the itinerary. And then she ends up just, like, shoving both under a pillow and going to bed. Yep. Literally going to sleep on it. Yeah. And the next day, we finally get to Andrea's surprise going away party. And it's truly, like, she knows it's happening, but no one will tell her where to the point that Jesse is driving her blindfolded. She's blindfolded, not him. Yeah. (laughs) That would be bad (laughs) if he was. But also, nobody, they pointed out earlier that nobody actually told Jesse all of every detail at this point because they knew that she would get it out of him, which I kind of love that. And I feel like that makes sense for Jesse that he wouldn't be able to keep that secret from her because he'd be so excited that she's excited. I know. Like they're back to being so cute together. Yeah. Agreed. And like, while I still wish we would have seen the work being done, it Mm -hmm. is nice to see them looking happier and taking, um, having joy in each other's company and you know, all of that. Like it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. And so he, he pulls up and he's like, okay, we're here. You can take your blindfold off. And I think it's hilarious that he just pulled up to the outside of the school and they're back at West Bev. They, this is why the podcast is named what it is. Just kidding. It's totally not. <laughs> right. But they went back to West Bev. <laughs> we totally knew. We knew that in season five, <laughs> there would be one episode for 10 minutes. Yep. But my problem is, it's only been two years. I don't... Like, you just graduated two years ago. I know. I Like, I'm trying to think when the first time I did, like, a high school reunion type thing was. I mean, Because I didn't go I to my remember... actual... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't go to mine either. But it had... I think it was around, like... Maybe six or seven years because it was when our director retired from like theater. We didn't do, I didn't go to like my senior high school class of 08 reunion. I went to my theater kids reunion. Nice. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing is I would go to a couple of football games the first year after I graduated because I was still like friends with a lot of people in the band and you know, helping out with the new drum majors and like stuff like that. Like it wasn't a lot, but it would be like just a random football game, but I wouldn't like get all teary about it. (laughs) And like they're having a party on the quad during the school day and some random girl comes up and is like, oh, you're Donna Martin. You're the girl who threw up at prom. God. Like, and that's why you don't go back two years after you graduate. <laughs> seriously. Like, I also think this is this says a lot about this show. Like, we remember the high school graduation two-parter where the entire high school graduation breakfast was about this friend group of six people. Yep. Like, the idea that this girl two years later is like, yes, I remember you. I know. 
like it's one thing to know the story because that is believable that can just be passed down but to know who the person is and to go find them and be like Mm -hmm. brave enough to be like are you the person who threw up at prom children also she can't have been the only one to ever throw up at prom (laughs) seriously it's just like i guess she was the only one to have a protest happen on her behalf but well that's probably true Still, none of the signs had her picture on them. Like, this girl would not have known who this person is. Not by face. Exactly. Now, if there was, like, a Facebook group called Donna Martin Graduates, (laughs) totally different question. Man, that would be hilarious. But none of that matters. Because Mrs. Teasley shows up. She looks phenomenal. Oh, I was so happy to see her. I was so I literally I was like their reaction to her is my reaction to her. <laughs> I was She's so just happy. such a like disarming human being. Like I feel like just one conversation and I would be like just a puddle. <laughs> Which is so funny cuz like she didn't have that many episodes when they mm-hmm. were in high school and she wasn't that amazing but I love her so much. I would not be surprised if Mr. Myers who shows up next had more episodes than Mrs. Teasley. I'm so mad he's here. (laughs) And honestly, the idea that, like, he's here and Brandon and Dylan don't show up is just, like, come on. I know. I mean, and that's the thing is, like, we learn, like, all the friend group, Mrs. Teasley, Mr. Myers, they're all there. The random girl that knows who Donna is. They're all at Andrea's party. Except for Brandon and Dylan because of this silly little competition for Kelly's affection. And honestly, Andrea is more important. Like, I love Brandon and Kelly, but Andrea and Brandon have had a much closer relationship for much longer Mm -hmm. than he and Kelly have. And it'd be one thing if Dylan didn't show up, but like, and Brandon did, but Dylan and Andrea, and that you hear about it later. They've made it a point to almost be each other's, like, accountability partner. Like, mm-hmm. when you really need each other, they're there. I mean, I know it took Dylan a long time to come see Hannah, but he was dealing with all that stuff. But it's like, they've actually done a good job with that friendship, and it's something that I wish we had a little bit more of. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So the fact that he's not here for her most important going away thing, it's sad. It's it's honestly really sad, and I guess the idea that Brandon and Dylan have let Kelly, who's just a girl, come between them and, like, seeing off their friend who is moving literally across the country, mm-hmm. like, that just makes me sad. And especially, you know, in the 90s when you didn't have unlimited long-distance calling, when you had to wait for your night and weekend minutes. Right. Like, they can't just talk to Andrea. Exactly. Like the difference between now and back then is like when people moved away or left, they were like kind of really gone. (laughs) Yeah. So I will say though, I do love that they bought Andrea mommy and baby West Bev gear. Mm -hmm. Like that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for all of the like Whitewater High School paraphernalia that I have, you would think they had mommy and baby matching sweatshirts or outfits or whatever, but they did not. Like all of my stuff is sports stuff. And the only reason I still have it is because 
they're so old. It's like the most comfy clothes ever. <laughs> but like we didn't have I, I guess we did have a school store, I guess, like where mm-hmm. you could buy stuff, I guess, at football games and basketball games and things like that. But yeah, it wasn't like fanatics.com you know it's like not onesies and and that it's like literally sweatshirts and extra large and like a t-shirt yeah I I feel like going to a Catholic school there's no way they would have baby-sized clothing they'd be like that sets the wrong precedent for you guys or does it because Because you have to keep it (laughs) right so you might as well dress it You have to keep it and raise it Catholic and send it here. Give us your money. Thank you. (laughs) That would be the only way they'd let you stay at that school. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, you're pregnant? You can only stay here if you prepay for that kid's tuition. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You have to pay tuition for one for each body that's attending class. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, I could see (laughs) – Like, this is not a dig on Catholic schools because I legitimately don't know anything about them. But I could see that happening and, like, being a real thing. I literally had only unmuted to say that our (laughs) school store sold outerwear that we weren't allowed to wear at school because it was Mm -hmm. out of uniform. Oh, my gosh. Of course. So you're just going to wear that on Saturdays and Sundays only? (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much the only reason that I lettered, like, and got the jacket was to be able to wear the jacket because oh. we had to wear skirts, so we had no pockets. Mm-hmm. All of our outerwear was just like a pullover sweater, so there's no pockets. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you know how cold your hands get when there are no pockets? Oh my god, constantly. Especially when your teachers like keep the thermostat at sixty eight because cold is supposed to make you stay awake. Yep. That is true. There have been studies on that. Don't miss high school. Unlike this gang. They miss (laughs) high school so much. So much. And like the only person who is hating everything about this is Ray, who does decide to come. But then I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it because this is definitely my quote of the week because I laughed out loud and snorted. Ray shows up and David notices and says, gee, if we're lucky, maybe he brought his guitar and will serenade us all. Sarcastically, that was hilarious. I think Claire is starting to rub off on him. <laughs> it's like, honestly, the last good thing that happens in this scene. Right. Which I know. I'm I'm glad for it. Like, if all we have in relation to Ray and Donna for a little while longer is just David and Claire being the, like, uh, Greek chorus just like talking shit on the sidelines I'm okay with it yeah they're like the peanut gallery but yeah like Ray shows up and he walks over and he's like we can't stay long and immediately is like Donna we have to leave and she's like no I have plans to like see my friend who is leaving tomorrow to go across the country mm-hmm. he's like alright fine and then basically just says F you and goes to leave mm-hmm And, like, he's storming off. She's crying. She's begging him to forgive her. And he's just like, you are selfish and spoiled and your friends are selfish and spoiled and I hate you. And, yeah, she's, like, crying and saying words like, I hate when you get like this. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of, like, 
throws it back at her and is like, oh, this is so typical. You don't get what you want, so you turn on the faucets. And, like, he drives away and leaves her in the parking lot sobbing. Mm-hmm. Like, what's supposed to happen now? Like, she, she's not going to leave. All of her friends are back there, but she can't go back looking like she's just been sobbing. Exactly. And all I want is for, for Donna to break up with him. All I want is for Donna to break up with him. I just feel uh, so bad for her. I feel so bad for her. Like, there are other things happening in this episode. Like, you know, right before this at the party, Kelly is, like, making excuses for why Brandon couldn't be there. And then Andrea comes over and is like, look, Brandon called me. He told me everything that's going on. Like, it's fine. So, like, they are, there are other things happening in this friend group, but what is happening to Donna is so upsetting. Oh, it's so upsetting. It's especially because, you know, not that anybody ever, ever, ever deserves to be in, a, in an abusive relationship, but just thinking about Donna and what kind of a person she is, what kind of a friend she is. I mean, she's an angel on earth if ever we saw one. And just to see her being made to be so much smaller than she is Mm -hmm. it's just so sad she doesn't deserve it and I just wish there was a way for her to feel like she needs to end it with him and to actually do it Mm -hmm. without it going farther than what it is exactly because yeah let's also talk about her friends who are making jokes about the man who cheats on her and treats her like dirt in front of them right right like funny joke but at the same time, come there's on, Dave, you're supposed to, to love her. Yeah, like there's more to this. You've you've witnessed some of the behavior. Um, yeah, yeah, just not good all around. No. And so after the party, after everybody leaves, you know, we go to the Walsh's house and Brandon has been studying in his room and Val comes in and is like, oh, I thought I'd bring you some food. Also, has Kelly given you an answer? (laughs) And they have this, like, little back and forth where, like, I don't know. Does Val rehearse these things? Does she still just come up with them off the top of her head where she's like, you don't have a manipulative bone in your body? And she's like, that's a really good compliment, but it means you don't know people and you certainly don't know women. Cough, Kelly. Cough. Bye-bye. Which... If not delivered by Tiffany Thiessen, I think it come could come across like really threatening and attacking, you know, mm-hmm. but because she's just so smooth, she just like delivers it in a way that disarms Brandon instead of like riles him up. <laughs> like it weirdly comes off so sincere. Everything she says, she's like, you know, I really hope that Kelly chooses Dylan because I think you deserve better. Mm-hmm. But like. It sounds sincere. She's literally like, well, I hope she doesn't choose you so that you can have something better in your life. Not like, right. I hope she hurts you so that I can pick up the pieces. Exactly. Exactly. Blows my mind. Like, she's so good in this role. I know. I love it. And like, I've seen, obviously we've all seen her in Saved by the Bell. And um, I've seen her in the show White Collar. But she was just playing a totally different character, like super nice, super normal, 
basically a um, FBI agent's wife. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's wonderful and she's got funny moments and things like that, but just she's just killing this role and I, it makes me want to watch more things that she's been in. Right. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, yeah, I've only seen her as Kelly Kapowski and Valerie Malone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like girl's got range. Yeah, she does. She's great. The next scene. So, you know, Val and Brandon have just been talking about Kelly. So, of course, we have to go to Kelly. And she's at the beach apartment. And, like, Kelly goes to talk to Donna. And Donna's still really upset about what happened with Ray. And she's like, why does being in love have to be so hard? Why do I feel bad? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I appreciate kind of what Donna and Kelly are talking about in this scene. But at the same time, I feel like Kelly's kind of being um, clueless here. Mm -hmm. Like, I wrote down some of what they said. She's like, you know, we don't fall in love with fantasies. We fall in love with real people. And then Donna says, what's wrong with men? And Kelly says, I've been asking myself the same question. And, like, Donna is even pushing farther. She's like, but Brandon isn't like Ray, you know, have Brandon or Dylan ever been mean to you? Mm-hmm. Ray hurts my feelings. He puts me down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Kelly responds and she's like, then why are you with him? And Donna says, I love him. And I'm like, but Kelly, take it a step farther and be like, love isn't everything. Right. Well, and out of all the friends and out of all the people that Donna has, Kelly would be the one to not only – intuit these things but also approach donna about it like like go there you know like kelly and donna have a very real like honest relationship with each other they tell each other not just what they want to hear but like straight up you know like here here's what's going on so the only thing I can think of is that they're just making Kelly, you know, distracted by her own huge decision. Otherwise, she would be all over this. Not not just from the psychology side of it, right? But because mm-hmm. we've seen her lean into that really hard. But also just from the fact that she and Donna have that kind of relationship where they're just so straight up and honest with each other. Mm. It's kind of very interesting to me how often this show, like, we see characters just like not picking up like we think they should. And we're like, well, they are distracted by the 45 things going on in their lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah. I think so that's wild. a good way for the show to rationalize it. Right. It's like, we have to create drama and we have to create like flaws and fallibility. So let's just make sure we do it all at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you have a cast of 12. Yeah. You yeah. Don't really have a choice. Exactly. And I do have a side note. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed, but throughout this episode, I'm not sure. I I didn't write down who the director was, but there was, it felt like an exorbitant amount of super close up angles. Like there really were. I didn't realize until you just said it. Like literally like chopped off the heads at some point. Like it was four middle forehead below to like your jaw. And there were so many, especially in this scene. There's a lot on Val, a lot on Brandon. And then in this Kelly Donna scene, it like they did some wide shots where they were both in frame, but then they would just like 
go in on the face, in on the face, in on the face, in on the face. And I don't understand the choice. I was going to make a stupid joke that the neck makeup guy didn't show up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking up who directed this episode. Uh, Yeah, James. Oh, it was James Wentmore. We've seen him before. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I wonder if we've just like not noticed. I mean, that's gotta be it. Or we've commented on it and have forgotten about it, which is that's also probably very more likely. true. <laughs> I wonder if they just like had the wrong lens on the camera and didn't realize it. Yeah, or just, you know, maybe they took other shots, like over shoulder shots, or maybe like logistically on that balcony, it's just harder to do the over the sh- shoulder shots, or they wanted to have more variety than just a wide. So I don't know, but I was just like, man, these are killing me. Like, I, I'm not a fan of these just right up. Like, mm-hmm. if I were an actor, I would be like, no, absolutely not. Do not put that camera that close to my face or, like, zoom in that far. It's okay. They didn't have HD back then. <laughs> yeah, true. But, yeah, like, this whole thing with Kelly and Donna, like, I kind of get it because this is also supposed to help Kelly work through her stuff. Yeah. At one point, Kelly tells Donna that if she loves Ray, she should follow her heart. And Kelly's like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. Which then leads to us being like, well, which one is it? Is it Brandon or Dylan? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like a lot of that conversation was more to advance Kelly's plot than Donna's plot. That makes me Well, sad. yeah. No, and I agree. And I think it's like probably has to do more with the fact that they're trying to give us a cliffhanger and the Donna Ray situation isn't at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. we're past all the cliffhangers when it comes to them, but this is truly like we need to wrap this up and wrap it up fast. And I imagine, you know, going into the finale next week, you know, I like it'll probably still be going on to some degree, I would think, unless mm-hmm. they do wrap it up here. Yeah, because we we essentially get one final really long scene where Jesse and Andrea, they've packed up, they're getting ready to go. They ordered a bunch of food at the Peach Pit that they could take on the road with them. And they go there and the entire gang is waiting because of course they are. And I love this because this has been a, a goodbye for Jim and Cindy when they left and came back. This has been a goodbye for Brenda. This has been a goodbye um, now for Andrea and Jesse. It, Andre Jesse, it just makes it's it's the spots it's the gang's hang right it's their spot so um I love that they always include Nat because he mm-hmm. is just as much a part of this friend group uh, <laughs> as anybody else is he's contractually obligated to be in the goodbyes that's right and then it gets a little weird for a little while um I feel like it definitely starts getting weird when Andrea is talking to Hannah and she's like, I'm going to tell you everything about all these people. And all I can picture is Hannah being like, mom, they were your high school friends. Yeah. Like this show feels like the definition of peaked in high school. Oh, it does. Yeah. Um, Also, I'm pretty sure Steve calls Hannah, Hannah. He does. (laughs) Why don't they know their names? I don't know. This happened recently in the last season of Supergirl. There's a character named Esme, and most of the characters call her Esme, but then some of the other ones call her Esme. And I'm like, guys, correct this. Know the name. Like, cut. Roll it back. <laughs> like, Hannah's kind of important. 
And also Steve. Hannah, like nobody is called Hannah. <laughs> well, and like Steve has been the baby whisperer. Right. Like he and Hannah are best friends. Oh my gosh. I guess he got confused and almost called her Andrea, Andrea. and it was like Hondrea. <laughs> Oh my god, I bet that's actually what happened and they were like, it's the best take we got. Just go. With yeah. It. No one will notice. <laughs> we got we got things to do. Let's roll it. <laughs> and Andrea pulls out Steve's term paper and she's like, Oh, I, I wrote this for you. I can't believe she wrote it for him. I cannot like I when he says he wrote one himself, I really wish Jesse had just like taken it out of her hands and ripped it up. Oh my god, yes, because there wouldn't be like a computer backup. <laughs> just like this is the thing like every now and then steve takes a good step forward then he calls the baby hannah and asks andrea (laughs) to write his papers for him exactly oh yeah but he says like oh i wrote one myself and i was like well you could have called her yeah let her know that before she just broke her back to not only pack up her entire house but also write you a paper way to waste her time god damn seriously (laughs) And then it's the goodbyes. And so Nat gives Andrea a menu, calls her his best dish. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. It's fine. <laughs> then she goes around the circle. And I got to stop at the very first one because she tells David he's the best babysitter. And I am furious that I never saw David babysit the baby. Also, he's not a good babysitter. Because he did meth and lost baby Aaron. <laughs> also, also, that's the only thing you can come up with about David. <laughs> it's like, God, Andrea, Steve's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Steve she revoked wasted- it because he said her name wrong. <laughs> right. Steve just wasted four hours of Andrea's time <laughs> on a paper he didn't need. <laughs> Call my daughter Hannah one more time and I will revoke your babysitting privileges. Then she goes to Donna and says, remember that time at Magic Mountain? When we talked about sex. (laughs) But I do love that she's like, Donna, you're such a good person. And Donna's like, I'm no saint. And Andrea says, all of us have been saying for forever. Mm -hmm. You're the closest thing to one I know. I know. And it's so true. And I love that the group thinks that about her. Like, they all know she's basically the moral compass. Yeah. And I feel like they know it and they acknowledge it, but they don't, like, make it a weird thing. Yeah, like, exactly. It doesn't she's not like holier like, than thou. Yeah. There's not, like, some weird expectation on Donna. It's just mm-hmm. like, no, you're just amazing and you can't not be. So I yeah. love you. Yeah. You're just a naturally good person. That's all. So I know even if you make mistakes, like – you're coming from a good place or like shit happens. Mm-hmm. So then she keeps going down the list. Dylan saved her marriage. He's like, eh, I was just at a motel at the right time. <laughs> it was just Fine. right place, right time. Uh, she goes like, goodness, this mo- or she goes to Kelly and she's like, you were at the clinic with me when I made the hardest decision in my life. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> These are all really meaningful things, but I just, I find it so interesting that, like, we start with, like, David, you're a good babysitter. Donna, do you remember when we were both virgins together? (laughs) Dylan, you saved my marriage. (laughs) Kelly, you saved my daughter. 
Like it escalates so quickly. And then like, and then Steve, yeah. what can I say? She literally says nothing. Like it goes like all the way up to the top and then just drops down. It's like, Steve, I just love you. And that's it. <laughs> Remember the time we exchanged an egg, but we didn't. <laughs> I wish you would have brought up the egg. I do too. But then she has to go to Brandon. She says, you're my best friend. You always will be. And that's fair. I have no problems with anything that happened there. It's just the mouth kissing and like the roller coaster we had to go on. Yeah. She mouth kisses all the boys and maybe Kelly. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a side mouth kiss. It's like Kelly didn't know if she was going to go in for the mouth kiss. So she was just like presenting it as an option and it's the last minute chickened out (laughs) oh my god I wish they like just presented it as an option (laughs) and so they get all their food they go outside and we get flashbacks so many flashbacks Andrea and Brandon working at the blaze that's the only one I remember that's the only one I remember (laughs) because I looked at it and I was like, man, Brandon has changed. Mm-hmm. Like, Andrea has changed too, a lot, mostly with her hair. Yeah. But Brandon has changed. Yeah, he's grown up. Season one where he had, like, the kind of mullet. Mm-hmm. I miss the mullet. <laughs> we got it for, like, one episode. <laughs> I know. You know what? That's all I needed. True. It's in my memory forever. And then Andrea and Jesse leave and the gang starts to disperse. David and Donna have to go do finals. Steve is going to turn in his own paper. Woohoo. Yeah. And we get down to Kelly, Dylan, and Brandon. We have to, like, this is such a, I I mean, obviously beforehand, but this is such a Joey Pacey Dawson thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, very one girl torn between two best friends, right? Like, it's such a trope. I'm not mad about it. It just is. Um, and I want to say, like, I bet they started this, right? Like, I bet 90210 was the one that launched all the other ones. Um, but, yeah, we're left with these three. She says she loves them both and reveals that she cannot accept Brandon's ring. And he immediately, like, tosses it up in the air and catches it and then turns to leave. But... Mm-hmm. She wants him to wait. Like, she's like, no, no, wait a second. Because then she says that she can't go with Dylan on his trip either. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate that she's like, no, you both have made my life incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. I deserve two minutes of your time where you sit here and listen to me. Exactly. Exactly. And so she gives Brandon the ring. She gives Dylan the itinerary and the tickets back. And she chooses her and she still says like i love i will always love both of you but i can't and so now we're left with are brandon and kelly actually broken up was this a breakup or was just not engaged i mean i feel like when someone says i choose me and gives you the ring back that's a breakup yeah i mean even in Gilmore Girls, when Logan proposes and Rory turns him down, she even says, well, we can still do long distance. Like, we can still be together. And he's like, no. No. <laughs> we, we cannot. 
you you broke up with me right now. Yeah, like you turn my proposal down. What's the po- I think Logan actually says what's the point? Because I mean now granted, granted. This is a 20-year-old kid proposing to his girlfriend because he thought she was going to be whisked away to Europe on a trip, right? Mm-hmm. Logan was a 24-year-old who like was ready like accepted a great job just you know across the country and was like ready to start the next phase of his life Mm -hmm. so the the i guess rationale behind each is different way different but Mm -hmm. yeah logan's like yeah you can't we can't just go back to just dating at this point whereas i feel like with brandon and kelly they could because the intent wasn't to get married it was to keep her from dylan I guess the thing is it's twofold for me is he proposed from a place of manipulation Mm -hmm. and she said I choose me and walked away like if she had said like I'm not ready to get married yet I think that's different but she said I choose me and literally walked away no yeah that's totally true it's just not a hundred percent clear I mean, I I could definitely see Brandon and Dylan standing there and Brandon being like, did, did she break up with me? <laughs> and then Dylan says, I don't care, and also leaves. Right, right. doesn't matter. Or what would be hilarious is if he's like, hey, you want to go on an 80-day <laughs> first-class five-star trip with me? <laughs> I wish they would. Right? Right? Please, please give me that. Like, seriously, if we still had summer episodes and it was just Mm -hmm. Brandon and Dylan on a worldwide vacation. A road trip together? I guess it wouldn't be a road trip, but a trip together? Yeah. I would be all for that. All for it. Even considering how bad their last road trip went. (laughs) Right. Maybe but Dylan hey, should just not go on trips with people. That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe Dylan just needs to like spend some time at home or I don't know, go visit family or like Dylan needs know. to choose Dylan. Yeah, he does. He needs to choose Dylan. Oh. Could you imagine if he was inspired and he was like, I choose me too? <laughs> wow. Thanks, Kelly. Can we choose ourselves and still go on this trip I paid for? It's gonna be really hard to cancel. <laughs> yeah. This was, like, non-refundable, so. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out when you book something a week in advance, they do not like you canceling. Yeah, you kind of have to do it. I had a 48-hour cancellation notice, and you waited 49. Oh. I don't know. I don't know how travel worked in the 90s. Me neither. Me neither. But, hey, you know what all of this means? Is we have made it to the season five finale. The two-part finale can you believe the season took forever (laughs) the season took forever and every single season beyond this is 30 plus episodes yep and it's like I keep hitting this point where we get close to the end of the season and I'm like so excited for it to be over so we can start the next one and then I get like oh my god why isn't the season over right and I mean we're I know we're so conditioned these days to shorter seasons right like Mm -hmm. if it's 12 episodes or more I'm like woof 
that's gonna be like right? there's gonna be some filler episodes you know so it takes me a while to watch 10 episode seasons let yeah. alone 32 i know it's wild it's like really in reality this show isn't 10 seasons it's like 15 because you could fit full seasons into you know into one season for this show which is crazy it, it really is but we did it I, we did it and i already revealed I, my quote of the week so just to remind you guys it was when david made that sarcastic comment about ray so mary do you have a moment let me think i wrote um several paraphrases down of um just brandon proposing to kelly oh so we're still in love after emily and finley and fire that means something let's go bang (laughs) that was that and then brandon saying at andrea's goodbye party i don't know why brandon is my moment of the week this week but he is (laughs) (laughs) um just about Andrea telling her kids about all of her friends and he's just like countless generations are gonna know all our problems and (laughs) that just couldn't be more true it's It's so so meta perfect yeah well I yeah I think that's it I got I said everything I need to say I'm ready for this finale I'm ready to see what they could possibly fit in after this like this felt like it should have been the finale yeah and yet there is a two-part episode coming so like i got nothing i'm well, so and you gotta excited think, yeah no me too i mean you gotta think like next week is gonna be more setting up for the future right because like mm-hmm. and granted a lot of shows do end with their finales being you know fairly wrapped up because a lot of shows these days are on the bubble and they don't know while they're filming if they're gonna get picked up for a new season but i feel like you know this was pretty well established back then. Like they were like, yep, we're just going to crank these seasons out. So I wonder if they're taking the approach of like using the penultimate episode to wrap things up. And then the finale is to kind of like show you where we're going. So do you have the titles for the finale? Yeah. So yes. So as we mentioned, next week is a two-parter. It is listed out as two separate episodes on IMDb, but then when you go to stream it, it is one. Um, So for the purposes of just IMDb, it is season five, episodes 31 and 32, and they are called P.S. I Love You, part one, and then P.S. I Love You, part two. I mean, so I have no idea what that means, but... (laughs) The P.S. part of it being like a postscript after this week felt like a finale Mm -hmm. kind of feels like – like it kind of feels like what you literally just said of like this could be the post finale setting up for next season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. Shoot us over an email with your thoughts, your questions, your comments, or your concerns at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that kind of stuff really helps us get seen. Uh, It helps us build a community, makes us give you a better product. And if you leave us a review in your podcast app, we'll give you a shout out on the pod. And we really appreciate it. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast. I really wish you had consulted me before you decided to sell my house. (laughs) I 
I'm a menu that says you'll always be my favorite dish. I am a long drawn out goodbye with several mouth kisses from all of my friends. Bye. Bye. See ya.